Father, we thank you for this opportunity again to meet around your word, and we pray that you'd open it to us and open our hearts to it, and we pray that we learn about you and we leave here uh, rejoicing in what you've done for us. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, Haggai, did you want to turn to it? Have a cook. Have a cook. Have a cook. So we're going to just really have a, a look at um, have a good chapter one. I wonder if um, somebody could read the first, just the first four verses of have a good chapter one. Anybody at all? Great, thanks, Benga. Um, I want us just to think for a few moments about the world we live in and in the days that we live in. Because if we look around, we will see, even within our lifetime, um, an awful lot of political changes, an awful lot of military changes. I mean, some people can go back as far as you know the, the Second World War and go back to the end of the Second World War. But the conflicts that happened since the state, the world has been in, throughout our lifetime. And we can all relate to different changes that we've seen as world powers are constantly changing hands. This is a reality that we live with and it's not new to us. It's always been like that. Now during the period leading up to the exile of Judah, we know that they went into Babylon. And Babylon at this stage that we're looking at is becoming the rising power and what they've done in you can have dates if you want 612 BC they actually destroyed Nineveh the capital of the Syrian Empire so they're on the move and then they went on and 605 BC they went on and defeated Egypt now, that's important this is real things the Bible is about real history. It's God's story. And we can even look and we see that during this time, Judah had an alliance with, with Egypt. You know, thinking, oh, this is going to... And next thing is, boom, Egypt's gone. It's gone to this rising power, the Babylonians. So I want us to just um, think about, and this is the Judean kings during this time of the book of Habakkuk, right? I think it's interesting that we know this and we sometimes hear the names of these kings and we don't really appreciate how long they reigned or what was happening when they were in power. Well, we know what was happening when these particular kings were in power. 
I can read out the um, you know the, the 640 BC and the 609 BC, but I won't do that. I'll just give you the names and I'll give you an indication of how long they reigned. And you can see this. Joash was king of Judah for 31 years. His son Jehoahaz reigned, get this, for three months. Jehoiakim became king. He reigned for 11 years. Jehoiachin, the son of Jehoiakim, became king. And he reigned for three months and 10 days. Zedekiah became king, and he was king for 11 years. During his reign, the Babylonians secured their first defeat of Judah. This is before they took them all into captivity. And then, sometime later, Jerusalem, the city, and the temple were destroyed. And that's when the people went into captivity. And they were in captivity in Babylon for 70 years. Where did they get all their facts from? The Bible. All that information is there in the Bible. You can also go and look at world history and you can verify these things. They're true. They're part of history. You can read all about what I've just mentioned, the period of time in, in the books, the first and second book of Kings. It's all there. The first and second book of Chronicles. It's all there. Who were the prophets during this time? You can read about the prophets, what they said. Who were the prophets? Jeremiah, Zephaniah, Nehemiah, Ezekiel. Yeah, they're all during this period. So you see how these things are, are, are fitting in. And this was the time when Zedekiah, Jeremiah, and Nehemiah were warning the nation about the coming judgment that God would bring upon them. And if you read through all those passages and you read through what was happening then, you can see why God had to act in the way that he did. Now this was a time, I said, when these prophets were bringing the truth. But we also have Habakkuk. And he's not one of the major prophets, you know, Habakkuk. He doesn't, we don't know a lot about him. We don't know who his father was, which we get that information from the other prophets. We don't really know you know, whether he went in to see the kings and, and bring, you know, go up to the hierarchy. So we don't know a great deal about him, but we can glean something from the passage. So we can start this evening by asking, who is Habakkuk? Right. Verse 1. Look at your Bibles. Verse 1. The prophecy that Habakkuk, the prophet, received. Now, I'm using the NIV version here. The ESV, just words slightly different, but it's the same meaning. They mean the same thing. So the prophecy that Habakkuk the prophet received. Let's stop a moment. What is a biblical prophet? Well, a biblical prophet is a spokesperson for God. One who is called by God to keep watch over God's people. Why? In order to protect the promise given to them of a Messiah. Messiah who would come through the line of David. And this is the foundational truth that must be preserved. God's promise of a Messiah. This is the truth that is needed to be protected right the way through the Old Testament. God will deal with it the way that he deals with the Old Testament. And we have a difference there between the Old and the New. It's the same God. It's the same prophecy. It's the same Messiah. 
but we've got to look at the time that these things were happening and we need to not take it out of context but we can bring what we learn into the context of what we know in our lives today so here's something the prophets would not predict the future none you think well I thought that's what a prophet was they predicted the future no 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 a biblical prophet is not there to predict the future but what they would do would deliver God's message it could be a message of judgment it could be a message of restoration but these things were relevant to the promise of salvation you get that they would bring the message from God not what they made up not what they thought but what God told them and God told them what to say to the people sometimes it was relevant to them in that situation in their day but sometimes that relevance extended to what God would do in the future if they did not abide by what the prophet was saying that God was telling them they must do so you've got to keep a hold of that it's not man making up his ideas and looking at the world situation and saying oh, I think this I think no 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 they spoke the words that God told them so Habakkuk was a prophet so he was a messenger with a message from God he was a person who was not only aware of what was going on in the world around him but he was witnessing first hand spiritual decline of his nation so he's there amongst the, an, an ordinary person as far as we know but a person who you know was led to question God and through that God would well we'll see what God will tell him as we go through the book but I can see from this and from the text he was an ordinary person just like you and I he stood in defense defense of what the correct application of both the spiritual and the social aspects of the promise that God had given to Abraham and to the law that God had given to Moses now we see this from the text now because of that we can maybe Think a little about, bit further about who Habakkuk was. Now, this isn't definite, but a, a possibility is, and a lot of the commentators will say this, that Habakkuk was more than likely a priest who was greatly troubled by the corruption that he saw among the unfaithful priests in Jerusalem, in the temple. Their immoral lives, their corrupt dealings, their, their false teaching that allowed the people to follow the gods of the other nations, the nations that surrounded them. This is causing Habakkuk to fear with great anxiety the effect that it would have on the promise that the Lord had given to his nation. So the fact that he could see all this, and he was aware of all this, this was troubling. He was involved with it not doing it but seeing it the people around him the other priests Habakkuk we know from what we see here remained faithful to God we know he trusted God 
but the moral decline of his nation, as well as the political problems of the day, and the threatened invasion from foreign powers caused him great concern. That concern led to great distress. And in his distress, in his confusion, in his not being able to understand why all these things were happening, why his people were going from bad to worse, why nations were gathering and threatening all around them. Uh, his, his kings made alliances with other people instead of trusting in God. They'd gone to the Egyptians, oh, they'll protect us. And then oh, the Egyptians are, are gone. Babylonians have defeated them. But what he did, he turned to the Lord. And what he did, he brought his misgivings about the future to God. So when we look at this book of Habakkuk, it's very much about prayer. You see that. He was obviously a man of prayer. More than likely working as a priest within the temple. They had priestly prophets who were to teach the word of God. Maybe that's who Habakkuk was, a teacher of the word. And in his efforts to teach the word, he was being hit left, right and centre by the other priests. Oh, we don't have to do that. Oh, we don't do that now. Oh, you need to do this. And so the, 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 the sort of priesthood declined, the leadership declined, the, the, the rulers declined. And what happened is the people then took on the same attitude and they declined. And we know that. We know that this was going on. So come with me as we um, go to Ephesians. I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 6. Now it's verse 18 to 20. You can turn to it if you want to. If not, you can just <coughs> listen to what this passage says. It's Paul's advice. Advice to the church. So, verse 18 through to 20. And I want you to listen to what he's saying. It, it's not the same situation, but I want you to listen anyway. And he says this. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whatever I speak, Words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Now, as I said, Paul is not in the same situation as Habakkuk was, but I want to think about the pattern of that prayer and how that pattern of prayer relates to our Habakkuk. Is going to say. So first of all, just think about what you've just read. You see that Paul is persistent. Yeah? Habakkuk is persistent. We're going to see that. See how Paul was alert to the situation around him. Habakkuk is alert to his situation. Paul prays for the protection of the promise. Yeah? Did you see that? He wants God to guard the words that he uses. He wants that promise to be protected. In Paul's day and in our day, the promise is the good news of Jesus, the gospel. In the days of Habakkuk, it was the protection of the promise of the coming Messiah. It's the same promise, but from a different aspect. 
So do you see what I mean when I can say we consider the pattern of Paul's prayer and relate to what we're going to learn about Habakkuk and the way he prays. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests in Habakkuk, including questions. Not questioning God, but asking questions of God. Things that he doesn't understand. Okay? He was alert. He was alert to what was happening around about him like we are. We have the news, we have the internet, we have all this information coming at us. But he was also alert with what was happening within what we will call today the church. Are we alert to that? Do we see what's happening within the church today? Do we react like Habakkuk did? We know how he reacted. And we also know that it wasn't just something in his head or in his mind. He would have talked about it. He would have challenged it with other people. He would have lived the way he lived as being faithful to God and then be criticised for it. Why do you do that? You don't have to do that. Oh, it's all old-fashioned now. No, no. You get what we're coming from this, the things we can take away. God's people. He prayed for God's people because of the state they were in. And he prayed to protect and preserve the promise that God had given you know that Habakkuk, Habakkuk has a question. He has a few questions. Let's just look at this. His question was, now, you just think when I read this and think of how many people you know who have asked this question within your life and my life. Yeah? Be it Christian or non-Christian, believer or non-believer. What was his question? Why does God allow such bad things to happen? Yeah. You heard that before? Why is God not dealing with it? You heard that before? And why has God been ignoring my prayers? You heard that before? These are all relevant to us today. So verse 2 to 4. Walk with me through these few verses. How long, Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Or cry out to you violence. But you do not say. What can you learn from those few verses? Jesus passed over. But let's stop just for a moment. In these verses, we have the evidence that Habakkuk has been worrying about this for a very long time. It's not just coming to his head. This has been on his mind for months, maybe years. He's been dealing with this. And throughout that time, he's been bringing his concerns and his requests to God through prayer. Okay. He's not just been thinking about it and worrying about it. He's been praying about it for a long, long time. How long, Lord, must I call out? You don't listen to me, even when I cry out. I tell you about all the violent things that are happening. How long must I call for help? But Habakkuk, Habakkuk to say, now look at those verses we read. 
but you do not listen. What does that tell us about him? It tells us something about his prayerful persistence. You know, it's not just like, I said it once and you didn't listen. It's like, have you ever been in that situation where you've been talking and people aren't listening? And they go, you're not listening. And you say it again. And you know they're still, you're not listening. You're not li well, Habakkuk has been doing this. This indicates that he's been doing this. He's been praying, he's been praying, he's been praying. He's had no answer and now he's reached the conclusion, Lord, you're not listening to me. How long must I call out for help? Now, for Habakkuk to say, but you do not listen, tells us something of his prayerful persistence. And when he says, or oh, cry out to you, violence, in other words, he's showing God, he can't think of another word that will so powerfully show God the awful things that are happening. You know, without giving any detail, just to shout, violence, 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 you know, this is what's happening. He knows the detestable state of his nation. He knows the danger they are in from the actions of other people and the nations around. From the disturbing events of the world. And then he says to God, but you do not save. What, what does Habakkuk mean? He's not talking here about salvation from sin. He's talking about salvation from the situation he's in, the things that are happening around him, the things that are happening within the temple, the things that are happening within the lives of his people, the things that are happening about all these stresses and strains around him, the world situation. And he's saying to God, God, I can see the need. Why can't you? Never. We can learn all these things from those few verses that we've just read together. I want us to just think a little bit more about two of those things within this question. First of all, how long, Lord? How many times do we read that in the Bible? How many times do you hear it from people we know? Like David, Psalm 13, Habakkuk does not lose sight of who God is. How long? But I still know who God is. How long? But I still know who you, God, who you are, God. How long? If he didn't know who God was, why would he keep saying to him how long? He'd just stop talking and walk away. He never loses sight of God. Psalm 13, verse 1 to 2. This is David. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? Okay, that's David. In this very short psalm. But this is what I want you to get hold of. This is what I want you to take with us when we go through the book of Habakkuk. Because at the end of that very short psalm, after that cry, that desperate cry, this is what David says. This is verse 5 and 6, the last two verses of Psalm 13. But I trust in your unfailing love. 
My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. Get that. Keep that balance in mind. How David starts the psalm, how he finishes the psalm. And we're going to see that repeated as we go through the book of Habakkuk. We're going to see Habakkuk, like David, was able to listen to God when God eventually spoke. When he hears God to accept and trust in what God had to say, even though he didn't understand it, or maybe didn't even agree with it. And he was able to do this. Why? Because he never lost sight of who God is. So that's how long, Lord. What about why, Lord? Well, again, we can go into Scripture. We can go to the book of Job. We spent a lot of time going through the book of Job. We went through from verse chapter 1, verse 1, right down to the very end of the chapter. And we learned a lot. Job was troubled like Habakkuk. Not because of the same thing, but troubled. You know, we can all have trouble. We can all be troubled, but troubled by different things. But that trouble will be of equal importance to each of us. Whatever the situation is that we're troubled about. Job is troubled. Habakkuk is troubled. Habakkuk and Job does not turn from God, but they turn to God. Grab a hold of that. They could have turned away from God, but they didn't. They didn't turn from God, they turned to God. And you know, Job would eventually say this, and again, under different circumstances, but it's the same ending. And we're going to see that as we go through this book of Habakkuk. Listen to Job 42, verse 2 and 3, right in the last chapter. And this is what Job says. And he's speaking to God. And in speaking to God, he knows who God is. And Job knows who he himself is. I know that you can do all things no purpose of yours can be thwarted. You asked, who is it that obscures my plans without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I didn't understand. Things too wonderful for me to know. Again, keep that in mind when we come to the end of Habakkuk. Let me read it again because it's so important. This is what Job says about himself. I know that you can do all things as he speaks to God. He knows. He goes on, no purpose of yours can be thwarted. In other words, God is in complete control of everything. Everything. And in that chapter 42 of Job, God has gone through the list. Like, what do you know about this, about this, about this, about this? Look, you know nothing. And Job's uh, conclusion, surely I spoke of things I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me to know. How do we deal with apparent 
unanswered prayer. I use that word deliberately. Apparent, unanswered prayer. God always answers prayer. He doesn't ignore prayer. But keep up with that. I'm going to just quote a couple of verses as we draw towards the end that you will know very well. We're in this situation here. Psalm 90, verse 4. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone, that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. You know that well, don't you? And Peter, the Apostle Peter, in Second Peter, actually quotes that. He says this in 2 Peter 3, verse 8. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. I can't tell you why God apparently has not answered your prayer or my prayer. I can't tell you. I joke. I don't understand. I don't have the knowledge. But the answer is that the psalmist has just given us and that Peter has given us. So we go with what we do know. And we're reminded by Peter of what the psalmist said and about the experience that he, as the apostle Peter, has had. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. Just a few things we need to remember to go through this book of Habakkuk. Came from one of the Psalms, Psalm 93, verse 1 and 2. The Lord reigns, that's who he is. He's robed in majesty. The Lord is robed in majesty and armed with strength. This is mighty God. Indeed, the world is established. He made the world, it's firm and secure. And then your throne, this is God's throne, was established long ago. You are from eternity. Beginning to end. Exodus. When God spoke to Moses, and the Lord said, I will curse all. I will. God said to Moses, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. I will proclaim my name the Lord in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. We don't understand that. But that's the truth we need to know. And Romans 9, Paul quotes it. What then shall we say? Is God unjust? Not at all. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. We can ask questions of God, but we can't question God's actions. And that's what we're going to learn from Habakkuk. It's okay to ask questions of God. But we mustn't question God's actions. 
just pray. Father, we just thank you that you will open our hearts and our minds to who you are and to who we are. <clears throat> and we just pray that as we, we go through this passage, that we will be drawn closer to you, that these questions that we ask might not all be answered, but we pray that we might learn about who you are and about who we are. So we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. So you've got a few minutes, and I usually switch off the recording at this point.